Welcome to the Go Well podcast. This is Kate Bertha and today I'm talking with Jane Malik all about yoga. After a successful corporate career in social health research and educational studies, Jane experienced a major health crisis and turned to yoga for healing. She is now a dedicated and passionate yogini who has been practicing yoga for almost 40 years and teaching for 10. Jane Hair loves to support others who find themselves in similar transitions to create a life of ease, grace, and one that is full of potential. Welcome to the Go Well program, Jane. It's just wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start with your personal story of how you got into yoga? I was 15 years old living in Tasmania, and my mum, who was quite a forward-thinking and open spiritual person took me to a yoga class because I was experiencing high levels of anxiety with my studies, being a student and fitting into the school system. So that was my first taste of yoga. I still remember the, the movements, which I so loved. I felt the chanting a little bit odd, you know, but I was intrigued right from the, right from the beginning because mm. of how good it made me feel. Then into my young adult years, I was living in London and um, doing a whole lot of personal growth development work. And I was living in Putney on the Thames River and I discovered the Shivananda Yoga School there and that became a a regular place for me to go to. And, And at that point, I was doing a daily practice in what might be considered quite traditional yoga methods. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I fell pregnant in my early 30s with twins and I found a wonderful prenatal, postnatal yoga teacher who supported me through my pregnancy and after. So I've kind of moved as, as my life has grown and changed, I have moved through many different yoga schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my working career and with young children, I would go to a yoga class, if not once, twice, definitely twice a week, sometimes even more if I could get it or workshops. So it's always been here in my life, but in various different ways. Yeah, okay. That's Thank you for giving us an overview there, uh, because yoga is such a huge topic to sort of think that you can talk to someone for half an hour and get an understanding is ridiculous. So let's go into that just a little bit. Uh, what do you think you'd like to say about yoga generally for people who haven't really tried it before, don't understand the different types of yoga? Can we start with that? What would you say about yoga? Yeah, so, yeah, there's a huge number of different styles, schools and teachers. Like, and if we think of teachers in a general term, like school teacher, a teacher can be very influential to the style and how yoga is taught so Mm. you know there are more traditional schools and lineages and teachers main you know contemporary teachers maintaining those lineages and then there's others who are really have and are continuing to allow yoga to evolve to uh, meet the needs of uh, contemporary life Mm. wherever we are Mm. whether that's in India Australia so it is a very growing and moving thing and so that's why it is actually very difficult sometimes to narrow it down but knowing as it may be a broad listening base most people uh when they 
first think of yoga or are first introduced to it, it is in the physical asana. Asana is the name for the for the hatha yoga, which is the movement practices. So that's what most people think yoga is, and that's how I was introduced to it and how most people come to my yoga. They're looking for some physical health as well as mental health, and they've heard yoga is really good for that. But what um, I discovered early on with yoga and kind of almost intuitively sensed it. There's so much, there's a huge uh, history and science and philosophy Mm. behind these postures, but that's often where people start and it's actually Mm. a good place to start. Yeah, so I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just so broad and I guess the reason if I think of my own development with yoga and because it is so physically sort of, used I guess today given that it's now being practiced in gyms and everything I like to I guess the reason I ask that question is so that we don't forget that there is a devotional side for instance or there is chanting and uh, mudras which are sort of different um, postures that you just do if you like for want of a better word you know with your fingers there's so many different aspects to it and then you've got different types of yoga like you've got Bikram yoga which is heat and then you've got Vinyasa yoga which is more flow uh, mm. So there are different styles and I know that you're very keen to be talking to people with uh, today about how you might bring the practice of yoga into your life, which I'd like to talk to you about too. But uh, once again, if you're talking to our listeners today uh, mm. and they haven't practiced before, what tips would you give them to start looking and how, how to find, I guess, online these days? What would you be Mm. saying to them on on where do you start? Well, yes, so there's quite a number of things in there. So I think there's the one thing which is as the physical yoga, so that's what we're looking for. But you also um, allude to there the much bigger concept of what yoga is, which we could unpack a little as well if you want. Mm -hmm. In terms of the style, so let's say if it's a, a dynamic hot yoga or a more restorative still yoga All of these, there are, yeah, so let's say there's a continuum of physical yoga practices. So if someone's looking for a physical yoga class, it's, I think what's really important is to become clear, and that might be through talking to a yoga teacher, about what you're needing and Mm. where your physical body is at. Mm, Because mm. if you're, let's say, in your older years, let's say midlife, and you're coming to it because you're after fitness, but your body is maybe a little bit out of shape, you're wanting to make sure you get a yoga teacher that can work with where you're at. Mm. You know, you wouldn't want to at midlife with maybe some compromised health issues or physical issues, go to a hot yoga studio and experience Bikram yoga. I Mm. wouldn't suggest that. And then equally yin yoga, which I teach and many people now it's been, been a quite a big explosion of this more stillness type of physical asana practice that has a little uh, myth with associated with it I think sometimes people think that that's easier because it's not so dynamic but again that the yin yoga if a teacher doesn't realize that you're very new or has some body issues that you're really working with you want to also be careful there so the key is is finding a teacher that you're very that is open to you as a beginner and where you're at in your body and that teacher that you talk to the first time might not be the right one and it is a little bit of shopping around, even trialing a class. The beauty of when we, and if you live in an urban area, 
yoga studios where there can be a number of yoga teachers and a number of styles that can be a really nice way Mm. to go and get a membership for like a month or period of time and try out lots of different teachers and and then even talk to the teachers and ask about these styles and reflect on what works for you and not because there are so many ways in and but where our body is and where we're at is really important that we're kind of have at least some understanding of that and that we can communicate that to the teacher so that they know. Um, I've heard of many situations and I often have women come to my classes who've had some really terrible experiences in a yoga studio or in a class where, you know, there wasn't that kind of conversation or awareness and the teacher holding a group space, which we do as yoga teachers, might not be aware of what's going on in your body and in the inside. And and this is a part of the gift of yoga. We learn how to listen to our body and to know what our body needs, but that comes with practice. And when we first come to yoga, we need the assistance of our teacher to be there on the journey with us. So it's it can be iterative. Like I think if, let's say you are looking for someone and you go and try a class and you really don't like it, then try another one, you know, try at least three or four or even more yoga classes because there is such diversity, not only of styles, but the teacher in how they grow with a student. So it's important that you find that match right. Mm, mm, No, all really, really good tips. And, uh, of course, you've brought up a lot more questions for me. I (laughs) I do want to, I guess, I think we need to say something about training. Uh, yoga mm-hmm. teacher training in Australia or even globally I guess because so much now is online uh, yeah. once again I'm going to bring myself into the conversation as well because and you've said that as well that it does depend on how well you know your body I think uh, even though you can know your body really well and then you can make mistakes at the same time but it's good always isn't it to get an understanding of with whichever teachers you go to what their background is and then you can go in and you know have a look at the training that they, that they've had because you yes. know and then you'll get an understanding of that style so in Australia just what uh there's a you know in terms of associations what's what's the association so yoga Australia is the yeah. um, umbrella association in yeah. Australia and there's also an international one which is based out of the US yeah. called yoga alliance yes and um essentially any yoga training course needs to, a teacher training course needs to be registered with one of these um, accrediting bodies. And they usually have a requirement, um, the bare minimum is 200 hours, and it's the Yoga Alliance calls it a YA, YA 200. Like if you look at a teacher's credentials and you see YA 200, that means they've done a 200 hour, which is the, fundamentally the base, the base level. Now, um, and then from there, most teachers never just stick at the one because once we do, once we do that initial training, we re- like it kind of opens up Pandora's box basically and uh, yoga teachers you will find will often then pursue and follow many, um, a path maybe with that school, that first one they followed with or maybe another one and they often end up um, specialising or, you know, following mm. many different mm. paths. So this is where we get this diversity of teachers from. Mm. Now, with the pandemic, so many yoga schools, you know, really took the brunt of this because particularly international schools which relied on 
people traveling. So all my training was overseas. My teachers are all overseas. Now they have gone, many of them have gone online. And I um, really appreciate that for me, uh, for my advanced teacher trainings that I can garner with them from online. However, um, there are, Yoga Alliance did allow oh, through the pandemic 200 hours to be taught fully online. The, the base level. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, I was deeply concerned. And I've also met some people since who have done their 200 hour fully online. And, you know, yoga is an, a, a large part of we learn is the embodiment practices, the mm -hmm. physical asanas and the safety of that, the diversity of bodies. And really, uh, I'm a little concerned that that did go ahead. It was almost like an emergency measure for schools. Whether that continues, I know some schools I know of have started to add, you know, most of it's online and then there's an in-person component that they gather some at some point. That's probably the next best scenario in the sense that it's still at least the teacher meets your body and you can work with real bodies. Because So I'm a real advocate for online learning and online yoga. I think it's opened up this world. It's been really beautiful. But it has its limitations. Mm, yeah, no, I'm really glad that you brought that up because bringing myself back into the conversation again, when I first started, I used to review a lot of yoga DVDs. And so, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm a person who's done sport in my background and I sort of am, uh, yes. you know, a little bit body conscious. Uh, if you're not, yes. yeah, it's hard to say really if you're doing that and you've got no understanding. I think the wonderful thing that perhaps is coming up, which you and I have touched on in our conversation previously, is maybe and what uh, yoga today or contemporary yoga is going to look like is more one-on-one -on -one scenarios, yes. do you think? I think that's where we're heading at the moment. It's fabulous, certainly isn't it? My, my business. Yeah, there's lots of things. Look, I find, I find talking to you, Kate, we could talk for hours on this. No, no. Um, look, I think it's still evolving. And I think when, when I listen to educators in a more broader sense, there's going to be a hybrid model moving forward in so many ways, whether that be the online in-person, whether that be one-to-one -one or groups. I mean, the group... The one-to-one -one has a very specific focus. It an, an enables a teacher and a student to really work more in a what they call yoga therapeutic way. So there are actual training courses to go more into the yoga therapy where you're working with an individual's constitution and what their needs are. But there's something so, so special about a group of people practising together. The collective space mm. of mm. yoga is to me a really important part mm. of it because mm. it's like as a teacher when I hold a space I know that there's so much more being I mean, I'll, I'll probably go a bit airy-fairy here on you for a moment more channel there's going to be a lot more channeled and opened in that collective space mm. because of the resonance between the people in the room mm, yes and that to me is a really sacred ritual and practice mm. and I don't believe that's going to go away I think we will mm. uh, we will do this in whatever way we can but I think smaller groups seem to be the way at the moment like I've got mm. smaller groups of students that I'm meeting with just navigating the restrictions and the COVID you know the pandemic uh, requirements 
and also outside. So a lot of people are being taken outside now mm. with their yoga, which mm. I think has a blessing as well in it mm. uh, because many studios have closed down mm. because the business of yoga has been hit really, mm. really, really hard. But I love, I love um, all these new opportunities that are coming up and actually... I've only done one of your uh, yoga groups and as you're talking, I was remembering it because I think it was one that you did around the bushfires. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been in a room uh, with other people when you've conducted one of those classes and it was absolutely awesome. It was a beautiful, beautiful class. Mm-hmm. So I've actually felt that that energy. And actually I was going to take our conversation to that with regard to COVID mm. and mental health because we often do think of uh, yoga as being such a physical practice and if you haven't experienced yoga it just does have so many other elements that it brings in that you, yeah. that are happening on so many other levels of our of mm. our beings that you, that happen that you don't have to do anything about do you I yeah mean, no no the practices do it for you mm. and in the unconscious well we don't we don't even I mean the magic I find with yoga is when people experience that opening or that taste, then you can hear yoga teachers. I've got many yoga teachers that I've heard their podcasts and, you know, how they came to it. And it's the same same experience I had then, and I hear it in you and I hear it in lots of my students. There's this people come because, you know, someone suggested they go or, you know, it's good for your health or, you know, it makes you feel good, so good, mum, you know, why don't you come to yoga? And mm. You know, and then once someone finds them in that yoga class or wherever, if that experience is right for them, as in what I've talked about earlier about the resonance of the teacher and that um, that, that space is held for them as a beginner because that's where it can go the other way, that someone can come. Yes. And if it's very spiritual or very uses, you know, jargon and, and language that yeah. is very alien, that can be very alienating. Mm, yes definitely so, mm. yeah but when when there's that opening that happens it is it's such a beautiful reminder that yoga is not just physical practice and not just asana asana is almost like the first thing we do to get our body flexible yeah. and our mind and yeah. and body in union and calm calming our mm. nervous system bringing some homeostasis that's what we come for and that's what is needed. But then once once we've calmed our nervous system, once our prana, which is the Sanskrit word for energy, so once our energy body is awakened and flowing, so once mm-hmm. the energy in our body starts to move and we release any maybe stuck energy, mm-hmm. whether that be in thought or in body, then what people start to get is this taste of and curiosity as to, there's more here and there is so much more that it can then even be a little bit overwhelming because if let's say you then go and start looking at yoga teacher training and even do your first you know 200 hour course I mean I know I'm 53 and I know I will be studying yoga till the day I die and I'll still never know everything because it's infinite And, Um, and I also think so I mean I was going to do that at one point in my life I was actually going to go and do teacher yoga teacher training and I realized you know as another thing that I could do but then I realized no this is one thing that you cannot do as alongside other things that you do you have to be dedicated I think I believe oh that's interesting 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I really think so. I was going to say as well, just to take it to a different level again, mm. our conversation, um, I got a book the other day from Scotland and it was uh, kilted or yoga in kilts and it was, it, was, it was a male with a kilt on and I just thought, oh, this is hilarious. And then I thought, yeah. why is it? Oh, it was just changing mm. um, a question for you. But why is it that most of the time, really, it's mostly women that, that still go to yoga? Uh-huh. Or are you finding more men are getting oh, into it? Oh, this is a big question, Isn't Kate. it, isn't it a fun one? Another... It's a good one. But, yeah. I mean, do you think, can you sense or any change? Well, the, the, I, I've studied a lot because my, my yoga has specialised in women's health and I've studied with many of the great teachers in women's yoga. And there's a beautiful book by Uma Dinsmortuli called Yoni Shakti and one of her first chapters is the history of yoga and so when we look at yoga today you know whichever country we're in and I'll talk about you know maybe the UK US and Australia because that's so pertinent for our cultures and kind of the yoga that we understand like around 70 80 percent of attendees to the yoga is are women and, you know, maybe it's similar percentage of the teachers. So it's kind of within that range. So it's largely attended by women. And yet the recent history of yoga, so as Uma kind of covers in her essay, um, comes through the yoga that we know here in the West. So the yoga schools such as Ayenga, Ashtanga, and these lineages that we can trace back, it's actually all through male lineages and male teachers and male gurus. Mm. So it's such an interesting kind of juxtaposition. That, um, yes, it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and then what? in my experience as a woman, I had a major health crisis in my early 40s and I was practising my yoga, what I would call a more traditional yoga, and it wasn't meeting what my needs of my body and this, it was actually my early menopause transition, which is tied up in also working in corporate Australia. And yeah, there's a whole, you know, but I came with my physical body and my mental body. The yoga I was doing was not, was no longer helping. Mm -hmm. And I then discovered a feminine approach to yoga. I talked that like quite openly and as a big kind of title and it can often stimulate a lot of conversation and it can also stimulate a lot of reaction and because it may sound counter to yoga if yoga is about union and non-duality talking about masculine and feminine bring can sound like I'm bringing in a dichotomy Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the reality is a woman's body is a very different hormonal physical makeup Mm. and I'd given birth to twins and I was going through an early menopause and when I then discovered feminine approach to yoga which has a whole different underpinning to it it hasn't got let's say this consistent similar practice that you do every day and you must do it to be a good yogi Mm. that's Mm. the messages I got I get through more traditional schools Mm. it's much more about um observing the cycles of our body. So whether that's if we're menstruating, our our practice is going to be very different through our cycle. 
also our life cycle. So a young woman in her mm. early 20s, Ashtanga yoga might suit her. Mm. But most women I know by the time they get to 40, if they've been Ashtangis, mm. their body starts to crash. In fact, my teacher, mm. she was an, a dedicated Ashtangi and it was in her early 40s she experienced a physical stress breakdown, as I did in corporate Australia. Mm. But she did in a yoga tradition and mm. it was mm. through that that she then discovered Tantra Mm. and bhakti, which are yoga traditions and philosophies that have much more a feminine mm-hmm. um, mm. and, and as Uma Dinsmortuli talks about in her book, um, the roots of yoga originally came from the feminine. It's been a little bit taken over, as a lot mm. in the world has, mm. by a dominant patriarchy. Mm. What a fantastic conversation to have. Wow, I could really... Uh, I'm just thinking we're coming sort of to the end of this time for this yeah. today's interview. But wow, that's, yeah, as you said, you opened up Pandora's box. There's so many areas. So look, yeah. look, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today, for giving us a bit of a start of, um, I feel like we've got a rabbit hole here. So yes. uh, <laughs> this is the first delving down into that. And um, yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll definitely get you back on the show. We'll, we'll map out some uh, different topic areas. And, yeah, uh, sure. I'd be lovely to hear from listeners what they'd love to to hear more about as well because to know I know it's such a big topic and there may be people who really are um, have no understanding and are curious and then there may be you know more who already have a yoga practice and have questions so I think it's such an important conversation to have because I think yoga does have so much to offer mm. us mm. look it does and, it does I think yeah. the thing is as well and it's the difficult thing and the thing that my bent would be about why I want to bring you on the show all the time is just to get more people doing it and so you yeah. sort of it's like a matter of finding what are the pieces that you want to bring out so that people can try it because it is it just because it does help you on so many levels 